Welcome to the F Word Conversations on Faith. I'm your host, Pastor Matt Miofsky, and producer Jeff is joining me today. Hi, Jeff. Hey, how's it going? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. How was Thanksgiving, first of all? It was very good. Uh, we got all the good food that everybody gets at Thanksgiving. But it's weird because my wife got sick, so we had to go get it and bring it home. Oh, she was, that's sort of a bummer. It, so you didn't get of. to be with family. Well, maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. It, uh, it is. Sometimes. No, just kidding. I love <laughs> you like your family. And if Did they I listen say that to the loud? podcast, yeah. Yeah, don't say that. Um, real quick, before we get into the show today, favorite Thanksgiving dish for you? Yeah. You know, I love the desserts, all kinds of pie. But I'm a turkey person, which I know. You actually like, no one I know, nobody ever turkey says the turkey. I love turkey. As their favorite. And I never get turkey, like that kind of turkey, ever, except for that day. Yeah, I know, it but is But I good. don't want it again on Christmas, you know. You don't do turkey on Christmas. No, don't want it again. I mean, I want it well, If you that go day. now to buy a turkey, they're super cheap, so. <laughs> I could go get one and carve yeah, it all 49 up. 49 cents. Have, yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know. It's a hard one for me, too. I love pumpkin pie. Mm. Gravy. Does that count as a side? Just the gravy? I mean, you eat it like soup. I don't eat it like soup, (laughs) but a lot of things that I eat on Thanksgiving, I consider just sort of delivery mechanisms for the gravy. (laughs) Amazing. So I pour the gravy on stuffing is just a delivery mechanism for gravy. Uh, So anyway, uh, I had a good Thanksgiving. I hope all of you who are listening had a good Thanksgiving. And the season of Advent is upon us. And uh, Advent, for those of you who don't know or didn't grow up in a church or a tradition that did it, Advent is the four-week season leading up to Christmas. And traditionally, Advent goes back a long way in, in church history. You know, it was a season of preparation because the, the belief was, of course, that the year is frantic and, uh, and we need some time to ready ourselves to receive the gift of Christ who's coming at Christmas. And so the Advent season is still uh, something that's celebrated or observed by a lot of churches today. And uh, Advent consists of a number of different things. Sometimes it means just uh, more time for contemplation or devotion. Sometimes there are special practices that happen during Advent. So some of you maybe grew up in a tradition that did an Advent wreath. Jeff, did you ever do an Advent wreath? Yeah, in, in church. We did. Yeah. Well, the Advent wreath, for those of you who are like, what in the world is that? It's it's actually, it started a long time ago, several hundred years ago as a home thing. And it was a, it's a wreath with four candles. And sometimes there's a fifth candle in the middle. And every Sunday of Advent, you light a new candle. So of course, today was the first, uh, today's the first week of Advent. Yesterday is the first Sunday of Advent. And uh, you mark, you light the first candle, and then every week, next week, we'll light two candles, then three, then four. Then on Christmas Eve, you light the center candle for five. And some of you did this in churches. Some people do it at home. Kind of a cool thing, actually, to do at home. You know, every Sunday night or some night during the week, just do it with your family. But over time, some words were associated with each week, and these words become sort of reflection points. And so... Uh, that's what we're going to do. We're kind of going to do a special series of F word, uh, podcast devotionals really that are a little different from our normal show. Uh, I'm going to hop on and I'm going to talk about just the, the, the word for this week in Advent, 
offer a few thoughts, a few scriptures, just as a way to get you thinking about it, reflecting on it. It's part of, at The Gathering, uh, a new suite of podcasts that we have that's launching on our app. So you can go check those out. The F Word is one of several podcasts. So whether you're looking for devotions or ways to pray or resources for kids and families, you can go check out those podcasts um, called The Hub. So uh, as part of that, we're going to participate. And so we are going to, these are going to look a little different from our normal podcasts. I'm going to talk to Jeff a little bit. We might have an interview or two, but no, not an interview every week and a little bit shorter, just as a way to get you thinking about the word. And so this week's word is hope. And just to give you a quick preview, uh, different words are associated in different traditions with this, but hope, peace, love, joy. Four things we say a lot in church we rarely take time to really unpack what they are, hope, peace, love, joy. So that's where we're going to be going. But today, of course, we're going to talk a little bit about hope. And I was thinking about this, this word hope. And Jeff, I don't know, when you think of hope, what do you think? What, what does that mean, do you think? Uh, you know, for me, it means like expecting maybe something good mm-hmm. uh, or at least the opportunity to, opportunity to expect something good. Yeah. Um. Longing for, praying for something good. Yeah, I I was, somebody asked me a a question recently. They said, Matt, what's the difference between optimism and hope? (laughs) Because optimism seems, uh, what's the right word? It seems naive sometimes. It seems unrealistic. It seems like you're sticking your head in the sand. I mean, I think all of us know optimistic people who no matter what, have a smile on their face or think everything's going to work out great. And of course, uh, the realists among us are like, things don't always work out great. Right. Because I can be a pessimist sometimes, I think. <laughs> yeah. Or they're not going to work out great. Or this yeah. is hopeless. Yeah. Or, you know, we even use that word hopeless. And so I think there's a, a sense in which people think hope is just this naive optimism that everything's going to be okay. And uh, I don't, th- I, that's not what hope, at least biblical hope, uh, that's not what it is. Uh, I, you know, I, when I think about the difference between optimism and hope, I think optimism is this just the sense that everything's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. Everything's going to be great. Uh, despite reality, uh, things are all going to be fine. And then, of course, things aren't fine, and it, it can be really demoralizing. I remember there was a story, some of you might have read this. It was in a, a kind of a famous business book uh, called Good to Great, but it was a story of James Stockdale. And, Jeff, I don't know if you know who this guy is. He was a prisoner of war one of the longest prisoners of war in Vietnam. And uh, he he said, when he got out, he it was interviewed, and uh, he did this interview where someone asked him, you know, what, what, would, what differentiated the people who made it through years of torture and isolation and being in prison and the people who didn't make it? And he said the people who didn't make it were the optimists. And that was really puzzling for a lot of people. Yeah. It was like, wait, what? Um, the reason people didn't make it is because they were optimistic. And he said, yeah, because the optimist thought, you know, tomorrow we're going to be free. Next week we're going to be free. Freedom's coming next month. And every day when it wouldn't happen, they would just be demoralized. And pretty soon they it, it broke them and they gave up. They, they, they gave up on it. And he... And I'm not going to get this exactly right because I'm doing it off the top of my head, but he basically distinguished between kind of optimism and hope. And hope is this belief, you know, I'm going to hold on to this belief that that there is something on the other side of this. 
but I don't know how long it's going to take and I don't know exactly when it's going to come. And, and every day I have to kind of make the choice to work for it, to hold fast to it, in some cases to pray for it. And, and I think about that story a lot because optimism, I do think, is a little bit of a naive sense that things are always going to be fine. And hope, is, I think, is more seasoned. Hope is the belief that despite hardship and despite things not working out, and despite disappointment and, and despite the fact that sometimes really uh, sometimes bad or disappointing or even tragic things happen, uh, that there is still a God who is present, who is at work, and who is one day going to make things right. And at least biblically speaking, I think that's what hope is. Hope is holding on to the fact that we have a God who will uphold God's promises. And... Uh, and, and, and hope, therefore, is this idea that no matter what we face in the world or no matter what we face in our life, it's never the last chapter. It's never the final thing, that there's a God who is standing on the other side of it. And I'm reminded there's a famous scripture, and it's in Corinthians, and some of you might know this. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. But it says something like this. It says, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what's unseen is eternal. And I, th I think about that sometimes because I think that's what hope is. I mean, hope is sometimes trusting God and holding on to the promises of God, even when we can't see it, even when there's not a lot of evidence that it's it's going to be there. Uh, <clears throat> and and so I, 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 th I think that hope is one of those things that for Christians— it's almost like a, it's a mandatory practice. I heard somebody, a the, famous theologian once wrote, Christians are not allowed not to hope. Jeff, can you follow the dub, double negative? Christians are not allowed to not hope. Yeah. Like you have, you to, have hope to hope if you're a Christian. We have to hope because we fundamentally believe that Christ is more powerful than tragedy, hardship, disappointment, cancer, even death, that in the end, we have a resurrected Jesus who stands on the other side of death. And therefore, no matter what we go through in this life, or no matter what we face, or no matter how much it seems like evil might be winning, that in the end, uh, Jesus wins. And we hold on to that, and we hope in it. And so I think that's kind of a, what I love about that, though, is it gives us permission to be real about life gives us permission to say, you know what, this is not a good situation, or I'm not sure tomorrow's going to go well, or I'm in a really difficult season right now. It gives us permission to hurt. It gives us permission to be angry. It gives us permission to, to sometimes feel a bit demoralized. I mean, hope gives us permission to be real, but hope prevents us from sort of giving in to a cynicism that somehow the reality of life right now is forever going to define the future of our life that whatever we're going through right now is going to be the last word on our life, or no matter what pain we feel right now, it's somehow going to be final in our life. And so I think hope at once is both realistic, it's not naive, but it's also not cynical. It points us towards something to hold on to and hang on to. And I, I think this week, what I... What I would love to offer to you is, uh, first of all, that you don't have to always be happy to be hopeful. 
you don't always have to be positive to be hopeful. You don't always have to um, ignore hard realities about your life in order to be hopeful. You also don't always have to feel hopeful in order to be hopeful. And I know that might sound puzzling to some of you, but I'm going to end on that and just sort of leave you all with this. Um, uh, this is a kind of a second question that I get a lot. It's like, man, I know this time of year, it's the holidays. I'm supposed to feel happy and joyful and, you know, hopeful. And I don't feel any of that. And so what do I do when I don't feel it? And I, I say something really similar. I'll say this in the last week when we talk about joy, because I think it's similar that in the Bible, when we, t- when we read things like hope or even joy, The Bible doesn't talk about hope and joy as feelings. And I know that's really hard for us because we're a very feeling culture. Everything's about our feelings. As an aside, Jeff, do you notice that people say feelings for everything now? Yes. And I'll give you an example of what I mean. Like feelings are like, I'm happy, I'm sad, I'm disappointed. But now people will say things like, I feel as if... You don't understand, you know, what I'm going through. <laughs> right. That's not a feeling. That's a opinion. <laughs> that's a, you know. Yeah. Or, you know, I really feel like that person's being unfair. Again, that's not a feeling. Mm. That's an opinion. Or I feel. And so I think we sort of, everything has become a feeling. Sure. And if we're not feeling it, then it, you know, it's hard to to do it. And I think the reason I bring that up, though, is when we read the Bible, we have to understand they had a totally different worldview. When the Bible uses these words, the Bible almost never talks about feelings. Now, it talks about feelings of anguish and sadness, but when it comes to hope or joy, it's not saying you need to feel hopeful. Right. It says you need to be hopeful. You need to, to, to choose hope. In the Bible, hope is a discipline. It's something that we have to choose. It's something we have to work for. And certain times in our life, we have to work harder for it than at other times in our life. And and therefore, I like to share that with people because if that clicks for you, you don't have to always feel hopeful. In fact, you're not supposed to always feel hopeful. That's sort of the point is sometimes you feel like giving up. And therefore, hope becomes this discipline. You have to wake up every morning and say, I'm going to choose to be hopeful. I have to today work hard to remember that God is real and present in my life. Today, I have to look for signs that God is at work. I have to resist cynicism. These are all choices that we make. And so I I just share that with you because there are going to be some of you who certain days during the holiday season are not going to feel especially hopeful. But I want you to remember that hope is not a feeling. Hope is a choice. And every morning and every night we go to bed, we have an opportunity to sort of look at our lens, uh, look at our life through a lens. And and one of those lenses can be, you know, whatever is here is what is, and it's not going to get any better. And, you know, sort of a pessimistic lens to life. Another lens is optimism. I'm going to kind of ignore hard things and everything's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, But I'm going to invite you to choose a lens of hope. Because uh, the lens of hope says, you know, uh, we can acknowledge what's hard about today or what's going to be hard about tomorrow, or hard about this season, while at the same time um, choosing today to remember that God is not done with us yet, that our current emotions, feelings, life situation can look very different in a day, a week, a month away. 
that Jesus is at work, sometimes doing things that we can't always see, and that ultimately God is faithful to God's promises, that God will uh, give us life, that God can change us, that God can forgive us, that things in six months or a year can look really different than they are today, that ultimately uh, cynicism or disappointment or hardship, these things don't have to define us forever. Even in the end, the hope of resurrection that says, uh, even in death, there's a God that stands on the other side of death to welcome us to life. So for each of you, as we start this uh, walk towards Christmas, as today we reflect on that word hope, I just invite you, uh, whatever you're feeling in your life, today, uh, wake up in the morning, go to bed at night, uh, choosing hope. And I'll just close today with another scripture, uh, one that I love, one that I think uh, reminds us that we do not have permission not to hope. This is from 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. It said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. So with that, I hope you all have a great first week of Advent. We'll be back next week to just do another little devotion reflection. Uh, in the meantime, don't forget, you can find all these podcasts on our app, Gathering STL. You can just uh, find that wherever you get your apps. Love for you to worship with the gathering this season. If you don't have a church home, gatheringnow.org. You can join us in person if you're in St. Louis online. We have uh, awesome online worship. If you're not in St. Louis, gatheringnow.org. You can find out all that information. We'd love to have you join us for the holiday season. In the meantime, choose hope. I will see you all next week. Thanks. Thanks.